Hello, 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 and welcome to Tea and Crumpets, the podcast about any and everything. I'm your host, Ashley B. Let's get on with the show. Welcome, everyone. So today I am recording with Alasia. Say hi, Alasia. Hi. Um, So, as I mentioned in the last episode, we were continuing the relationship series um, and talking about the relationship that you have with yourself. Um, And Alasia and I were talking a lot about her journey to finding herself um, after becoming a mom, after becoming a wife, um, and what that looks like. the journey itself and then I guess everyday life um and so I am so thankful that she agreed to come on the podcast um, I know I'm like so excited uh she is currently in Pennsylvania so you'll have to forgive if we have any connection issues but fingers crossed everyone so <laughs> Layla how are yes. you I am well. I'm doing good. Yay. Nice <laughs> That's good. Um, so let's start at the, I guess, beginning in air quotes. Um, let's talk <laughs> college. What was that like for you? Um, well, so college was... I think I would consider probably the first adventure of my life because, you know, I grew up in Chicagoland area with you mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, both of us, you know, we went off separate ways, um, but I came to New York for college and New York was always my dream. That was like the place I told myself I'm going to end up in New York. I love it. It's amazing. And I had applied to NYU and then as my New York safety school I applied to Hofstra which is in Long Island and I didn't get into NYU but I did get into Hofstra and without ever visiting the campus just based off of virtual tours and research I decided that's where I was going because I needed to end up in New York. (laughs) I didn't know you never visited before you went. I had never visited. Um, I had done yeah. I would I never, done. if one of my students did that, I'd be like, uh-uh. <laughs> I had done, uh, so virtual tour, um, and they had one of those kind of like uh, college fairs where representatives come from the school and talk about it and like kind of do their own sort of tour for you about the place. Mm-hmm. I had done those, and I did that one with my mom, so she, she liked it, and you know, she was, she really didn't think I was going to choose that because I also got into Northwestern. Yeah, you so, did. <laughs> my parents were just like, yeah, go there. It's close and it's a great school. But, you know, I was set on New York. So, like I said, I didn't, I'd never seen the school. And I just was like, I'm going because I, I was drawn there. Like, mm-hmm. always been my dream. And I studied journalism. Um, I realized probably about halfway into studying that. I wasn't sure where I was going to take journalism. Uh, I wasn't the path exactly that I was on, but I was so far in that um, in my third year, I had to make a choice, either stay for a fourth year Mm -hmm. and do a double major in something more related to what I wanted to do or graduate in three years. So I decided to just 
you know, not spend any extra money and graduate in three years with a journalism degree and then work it out from there what I would do. Um, I still love writing. I just realized that the structure involved with journalism wasn't for me, but I could see myself doing, you know, something on the blog level, um, which is what I'm currently working on. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But yeah, so after I graduated, I ended up essentially like working summers back home in the Chicagoland area for a nonprofit. And I was working with a summer youth program. And I still wasn't sure career direction for myself. I, I really enjoyed what I did over the summers, but I wasn't set on a career path. Um, so I decided on grad school. And I came back to New York mm-hmm. to Austria. <laughs> um, yeah, because, you know, New York just kept following me back. Um, for many sorry, reasons. Yeah. For many reasons. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so came back to New York for grad school. It ended up being a little bit too expensive. And I ended up moving in with my then boyfriend and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then life just happened. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the day. Yeah, I actually, yeah. Um, so I'd say, what was that? So 2015, I finished uh, my year of grad school. And then 2016, I found out that I was pregnant. <laughs> Or it was like the end of 2015. Um, and yeah, so then, you know, more life choices to make. And, you know, I feel like at those points, I was very secure and I knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Like I said, I was lollygagging maybe in the career direction, but I was on a path where I knew I would figure it out. Um, so I would say during those points in my life, I didn't have many insecurities. Um, I mean, the normal college ones, I would say, just about, you know, being in a new place and meeting new people. But once I created like a good network of friends and I joined a sorority, it's like, I kind of, I knew who I was. And then, you know, 2016 in October, I became a mom. Yeah. It's like, it's one of the most rewarding and scary things ever. And, you know, that experience in general was like its own roller coaster of emotions. You know, um, it was, uh, like I said, scary. Um, but I think, I wouldn't say that's when I started to feel like I lost myself, but along the journey of figuring out how to become a mom, I kind of swayed and couldn't figure out, okay, well, am I just a mom? Am I me? How am I me and a mom? Like, you know, right. it was this whole big internal struggle. And um, and then also at the time I went through more life changes. So I had been at a job that I did not like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stayed until um, I went on maternity leave. And when I went on maternity leave, I was just like, you know, I can't go back there. Like, this is not the place for me. The environment, I wasn't a big fan of. And even though it would have kept me in New York 
um, I was just like, no. So we moved to Pennsylvania, um, <laughs> which is, you know, kind of not really in the middle of nowhere, but it's not New York. So, you know, it's like a different experience. So it's just like, you know, I grew up in the suburbs and this is a little more out there than the suburbs. Yeah, kind of a little thing. more on the rural so, side of things. A little more, a little more. Um, so definitely, you know, drivable to everything. But um, but then I had come from New York City. Like, we were in Chelsea. We were in the middle of, like, everything. So, you know, that, I think, was a bigger adjustment than I thought it would be because I was like, oh, I'm from the suburbs. I, this is no problem. But living with so much access in New York City and then coming to a place where it's like, you mean I got to drive 15 minutes to go get to the grocery store? Then it kind of, like, it, it adds a new layer of, of just stress, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So, so it kind of just changed things because um, it just changed your lifestyle. Um, but, yeah, so the mom journey did not end there. I had another kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like I was more ready for that one. <laughs> yes definitely um and in between actually having my first son and my second son I also had a miscarriage um so there was just you know there's like when you're having kids there's just so much that you think about and so much that you don't think about um and I think the things that you don't think about and that hit you off guard, like me, especially with the miscarriage, those are the things that kind of like shake you internally. And when you don't consider it as a possibility, then, you know, you kind of lose yourself. Um, But yeah, so now I have two sons. One is one and the other is almost three. And yeah. And they're beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and they're very smart and they're very bad. <laughs> the uh, no, they're great. Uh, but yeah, so it's been it's been a journey of just kind of figuring myself out as a mom, um, as a partner, and just, you know, what I want from my life. Because um, I think when you're trying to have a relationship with yourself, um, I know for me especially, one thing that I had to really break through was this feeling of you're not being selfish, but you're loving yourself. Mm, um, yes. Because I, I think a lot of times, like, you know, selfish just has this negative connotation. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times you, you need to look out for yourself. You have to. Um, but I know for me, especially once I did become a mom, I had this like almost duty that I felt to those around me, like my kids, my partner. And it made me feel like whenever I had to do something for me, that it was instead of being selfless, I was being selfish and that wasn't a good mm, thing. Like you but, were putting them first. Yeah, putting them first was, you know, somehow the best option when and sometimes I didn't even realize that that was what I was doing until I kind of like really like looked at kind of almost my daily routine Mm. it started it started that close for me um 
because uh, six months ago, uh, I think, so I feel like I've been on this, like, finding myself journey ever since I had my second son. Um, and it especially hit me hard six months ago um, when I had my accident. Mm-hmm. So um, the accident that I'm referring to for those listeners wow. is um, <laughs> I I love to cook. So I was cooking and, you know, I was trying out a new caramel recipe and I, I'm terrible at making caramel, but I was like going for it again and I messed it up. I burned it and I put it off to the side and I realized it was really close to the edge. Didn't want one of the kids to get it, went to move it and it just splashed right in my face, fell onto the floor, splashed in my face. I got second and third degree burn all in my face and my arms. Um, and so when that happened, you know, my husband's at work, I'm here with the kids. Like I said, we're a slightly remote area. Um, so it's about 30 minutes to the hospital. So I had to call an ambulance, but I called my mom first. <laughs> because, I don't know. It was just like my reaction was like, call my mom. Um, but yeah. So after having those burns and just having the whole accident, every day I... <laughs> yeah, here goes one of them now. Um, every day I had to... Hold on, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so after having uh, the burns on my face, um, it was pretty bad. So I had to wake up every day, and that was the first thing I had to do was wash my face, um, re-add um, different ointments and things to it, and wrap my face up. I kind of looked like a little mummy a little bit for there. Um, but yeah, it was like every day my routine would have to be to think about myself, to actually and physically do something for myself every morning which is something that I had never done before that and I hadn't done in years and I didn't realize it until I'm going through the motions of doing something for me and just like appreciating that moment Mm. and that's when it really hit me that like you need to do more for yourself yeah (laughs) Um, and you know people tell you you told me. I, I did. I mean, but I, I could only say so much, right? Like, exactly. I am not living your life and not seeing your day to day. But just piecing together what, what? I hear yeah. from you, right, is just like, okay, but like, what have you done for yourself lately? Um, and, you know, when you are by yourself with two kids, like, I, I don't know what... <laughs> you can do for yourself during the yeah. day when you're alone unless you yeah. know during nap time you like take the time for yourself and that's assuming that both of them are asleep at the same time yeah which doesn't really happen these days <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah it's difficult because like I said some of the you don't even realize you're missing out on it. Like, I didn't even realize how amazing it is to be up before them to just wash my face. Like, all I was doing was washing my face. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's a small thing, but it really got me to thinking, you know, like, what what more can I do for myself? What do I want? Like, I, I don't think I had asked myself that in, very long time like what do I want 
regardless of the people around me, regardless of if it's going to make my day easier or mm-hmm. what I want. Um, and I think I have been in this, this rut, especially of not feeling like I had gotten enough done during the day or not feeling like because I didn't check everything off of my list, then I couldn't move on to myself. When now it's more like I need to check those things off for myself before I can move on to the things for other people. Because, yeah, can't pour from an empty cup. If I'm gonna be, yeah, exactly. So, if I'm gonna be a better me overall, then it'll only benefit them. So, but you know, there's the whole mom guilt thing, it's real. You really do, like, I I do weigh certain things, like, okay, do I really need to? Because I do have, you know, certain things to get done for the kids. But I think now I'm a lot better at making sure that, you know, I make time for me and check in with myself. I think that was another thing that I had stopped doing. Mm. Um, Not even just about my career, just about, like, do I feel happy? Like, you know, do like, what's upsetting me these days and how can yeah. I fix that? You know, um, just, I, I hadn't been checking in with me. I was just avoiding myself almost, oh, you know, like I was, yeah. getting done. I was getting things done and I was progressing, but you know, I hadn't checked in with like, what do I want? <laughs> and it's a basic question, but it's like, it's so, there's so many parts to it. Do you feel like you, I don't even know how I was going to ask this. I think I lost the question, but is it just that you were doing so much for everyone else that you felt, or this is the question, Do you did you feel like it was your responsibility to care for the household and as long as that got done, it didn't matter whether or not you were happy? Um, yes, to a certain degree. I would say so. Um, and part of that for me was because to me, that was my job. Like, that's my job. I I don't go out and work a nine to five. We made the decision that, you know, like, well, one thing that I did always know that I wanted for myself was that I wanted to be able to stay home with my kids until they were of a school age. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one thing I always wanted. And, you know, luckily I got that opportunity because of where my partner is in his career. And it actually makes sense because we are able to live with my in-laws. It makes sense. You know, we we're set up in a unique situation where I can't. So I felt like that's my job. That's the thing I need to do best of all and make sure that that is okay. So it just, it made me forget about the things that I needed to get done for me, which I had been doing inherently because like I said before, I was working a job that I didn't like. So I made sure that at least I was doing stuff for me that would make me happy. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't see, like, and I still don't see this as the job I don't like, but it just came with so many things I didn't see coming. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, to a certain degree, I did feel like 
okay, that just needs to get done. And like I said, I just avoided however I felt about it. (laughs) Yeah. What is it like with uh, your husband and like your relationship? Did you feel supported in like taking time for yourself to, you know, do a craft like take time to like do something creative um because I, I just from my own perspective I feel like I might feel guilty like well he's off at work and he has to you know do this long commute and you know this that and the third and so for me to then ask him to come home and like do other things um like I, I don't know you know why why should I ask him to to do that I don't know does that make sense it does make sense um so he definitely supports like 100 percent um like me doing what I want um and you know me being me essentially um because our interests are nowhere near the same mm-hmm. and we understand about each other they are very different and you know we've had to come together on certain things and we take little interest in what the other does um so i i would say that he does support 100 percent anything that i do want to do and the time i want to commit to it but i also feel like on my end like you were saying with the guilt i do understand like what his daily life is like to a degree because obviously I'm not walking in his shoes but um the commute and um what he has to go through you know I get that so I do feel like I only try to get that support within reason um like I because you know I'd rather not ask for something outlandish that's you know just not doesn't make any sense like hey i need all of saturday to do this this this, and that and make sure the kids never come in this room like that's not gonna happen like (laughs) i know within reason so you know it's it's a struggle because we both want to also use our free time the way we want to but i would say he does like try to try his best too support um giving me time to do things just like I try to do the same for him you know his video games and like his interests like it's it's a give and take kind of thing um it's it but it's definitely been a a discussion point too (laughs) yeah because yeah you know everyone kind of wants their way I think you know Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Um, it's just a kind of about balance and then just understanding, you know, what, what you even need. Like, if I don't even know what I want, how can I ask for anything? Yeah. <laughs> and I think for the longest, I didn't even know what that was that I wanted. And then I think the more I, you know, got back into my old interests and hung out with friends or reconnected with older people that I had talked to and the more I kind of understood that you know like who I was yeah do you feel like you ever lost yourself 
in your relationship, like even before the kids, because of how like your life was set up sort of around his life, I guess? Um, like being with his family, being in New York, being oh, away yeah. from your family. Uh, yes, I, I think I thought that's a question. <laughs> um, so I think to a certain degree, yes, because um, like he, so he was the person that I had connected with here. So once I was like immersed in, you know, his family, his friend groups, they weren't like, I took them on as my own, but at the same time, you know, I have my group of friends too, but proximity wise, I am closer to the contacts that I've made either through him or at school, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has kind of, I guess, I wouldn't say lose myself in my relationship exactly, but I would say that my relationship has anchored me where I am, mm -hmm. like location-wise. Um, but I also, like I said, I've always been drawn to this place. So it was of my choosing and I also know that if this isn't where I want to be, then I have other options. <laughs> um, so, so I feel like location-wise and proximity, yes. But in terms of, like, feeling like I am so far immersed that it's anything but helpful, no. Because I feel like we do have a good support system here, mm -hmm. which is good. Yeah. Because if we were by my family, we would have a good support system. Um, so I do greatly appreciate that. <laughs> As would we all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Let me start trying to have children. I already told my mom, like, you are going to have to live out here or wherever <laughs> we are. If we're still out here, I don't know. But if we are... Like, I will need you to be my nanny for, you know, approximately three months or so. Yeah. Um, because, as you stated before, like, wanting to be able to stay home with your kids, but that not always being a reality for, you know, a lot of people. That's true, yeah. And not wanting to, like, leave my kids with strangers because... Yeah. I don't know how yeah. people do that. Like, yeah. it's like three months and then, okay, you're going back to work or expected to anyway is a little. Yeah. And that's, that was the job that I was at previous that were just like, okay, you get, you know, whatever the, um, cause they didn't even offer maternity leave until you were with the company for two years. And I had only been there a year. So I wasn't, I just only got, you know, basically the minimum and that was I think eight weeks they offered yeah. essentially so and that was only because I had a c-section so it was like wow I had major surgery and that's the only reason that you're gonna give me two extra weeks to be with my child like yeah it's crazy but like I said like 
that I appreciated that we do have such a strong network here. Um, and you know, it's growing and we're trying to like strengthen it just so that, like I said, we can both have our outside interests and then not have to solely rely on each other to do those outside interests. Like, um, so yeah, it definitely contributed to, you know, how I saw my future. Like I wanted to have that system and I'm glad that I do. Yes, I am glad you do too. And I like <laughs> that we are closer, that it is drivable now. Yeah, it is. Um, and so you have been able to take mm-hmm. weekends for yourself and know that yeah. he's home with the kids, either by himself or with other people. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to worry about them unless, you know, he wants to give them almond milk. But... <laughs> <laughs> Which now, you know, he drinks every day. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, so now, like, when you take those trips, like, do you still feel the guilt that you might have felt before? Um, no, I feel like it's less and less. Um, just because... So I think after maybe the first one, I was still feeling a little guilty because I was like, oh, I don't know how it's going to be, you know, for him back at home, but also just like for me, like, well, what am I going to do? I I haven't gone out with my friends for a whole weekend and how long? Like, (laughs) I'm going to be so tired or, you know, all these other things. Um, But I think, you know, once I maybe like by about like the second trip or so I was just like oh well he's got this and I can just go and enjoy myself and he's always telling me like you don't even gotta check in you know we'll be fine but I'm still like okay let me check to make sure that they're okay well yeah because you're their mother like (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah definitely way way less guilt I I, just because I know that it's beneficial you know I, like you said, we are a lot closer than we have been for years now. So it's not a huge planning process for you to come visit me in New York or me to go to back to like the Midwest. So it's it's come a lot easier, which I appreciate. And there's still like little intricacies we got to work out and things yeah. like that. But at least you said like it's drivable and, you know, I have multiple friends in your area. So like, that also <laughs> helps me. I feel like, you know everyone I know moved to like the DMV DMV. (laughs) what happened so it does help me because you know I could just knock out all my friends in one trip yeah one stop shop yeah exactly but um yeah it just I come back and I feel better because it's like I spent some time hanging with the people that you know, knew me before I was a mom, that knew me after I was a mom, you know, that I enjoy their company and that kind of re-energized me. Because I feel like I have a small network of friends, so when I do visit them, it does kind of, like, re-energize me and give me, like, you know, that push to, okay, go back and get the next set of things done for the kids. And, um... Actually, next weekend, I am taking my first ever solo vacation. 
Yeah, say more, Mama, about the solo vacation. Yes, so, yeah, I I love to travel, um, and uh, since becoming a mom, it's been a little more difficult, Um, and then it's just more expensive when you're doing, like, family vacations, but I would say it was, like, about a year ago, and my husband was just like, you know, you love to travel, you should just go somewhere. And I was like, go somewhere. You're not going to come? And he's like, no. Like, just go somewhere for you. And I was like, I've never thought about that. And it, like, blew my mind. It was the weirdest thing because, like, I never thought to go on vacation by myself. I'm like, why would I go by myself? And then I thought about it, and I was like, that would be amazing. (laughs) I was like, I can eat whatever food I want because I love food. Um, You know, I can choose the place without having to think about, oh, will this person like it? Will this person like it? Will it be kid-friendly? Will this? Um, So I was, like, really into the idea. And so since then, I started, you know, looking into, okay, well, I wanted to choose somewhere drivable because another thing I realized I enjoyed from actually driving to visit you a lot was that I like those little trips mm-hmm. of like three hours in the car, four hours in the car, singing my songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, you know, listening to my podcast, you know, catching up on things. And I was like, I want somewhere drivable and, I haven't really visited too much on the East Coast, so I just chose Rhode Island, and I guess I'm going to Rhode Island, Providence. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mostly I just, yeah, I don't have a full itinerary yet. We'll see. I mm-hmm. just have a couple of food spots that I definitely want to check out, and I picked a really like a really cool hotel that's got like cute coffee shop karaoke bar Mm. just like some weird interesting things and i had seen a a lot of good reviews about how downtown providence has like a lot of good shops and things like that so yeah i'm just gonna do things i like go shopping eat food drink coffee (laughs) (laughs) uninterrupted that'll be nice (laughs) how long are you going for uh three days three days what are you gonna do oh man that's like i don't know it's like years i know right (laughs) well it's like so it's friday saturday sunday but you know four hours each way commute so um that kind of eats into it a little bit but um yeah i'm definitely gonna do a little spa mani pedi kind of thing um and like i said shopping i have not bought myself clothes that actually fit me outside of athletic wear and a while like I don't know what my size is and I would love to find out (laughs) um so yeah basic things it's weird (laughs) no that's amazing though to just have that time for yourself and not have to like you said worry about will someone like this will they be kid friendly will you know x y and z and that's nice and that's okay I think a lot of the time we forget that it's okay to put you first i think you said this earlier um that it's not being selfish and especially when you are taking care of children for most of your day you're not always able well yeah 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 um 
but you're not able to always put yourself first. I remember, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I don't know, I was talking to someone about um, having kids and, and thinking about like how that would change you or, you know, a person and just how now this kid kind of dictates your whole life from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, to what you eat, to what you drink. Um, Specifically for a woman, if she's breastfeeding and just all of the things that go into into mothering um, that I think we don't always think about, I guess, at least for me, you know, like, oh, wait. Because it's always one small question. It's like, oh, are you going to breastfeed? Like... Right. Oh, yeah, that's what right. I want to do. And it seems like something small. And then that whole entire process, because I did do that, like, it's great bonding and great nourishment. But the effects it has on you, you're more tired, you know. Like, for me, I I set a goal for myself. And I was like, you know, I, I want to do this because I feel like this is most beneficial to my kid. Mm-hmm. And only once, like, I had gone through it with the first one did I really know what to set myself up for the next one and that could be a whole different journey but like that's why I said I feel like I just I stopped checking in with me because I I was only concerned about my kid I was like okay this is for them I'm doing this for them and who cares if it hurts me or it's painful or whatever like I have to get through this because I want to do what's best for my kid and it's like that's one that's one little thing but then there's a million other things <laughs> happening at the same time. Right. So it's like, <laughs> you, like I said, I just lost that check-in with me. Like, like, hey, you good? <laughs> because with, like, becoming a parent, because it's different for me versus my husband, like, what we physically have to go through. Mm-hmm. But mentally, I think a lot of it is still the same. Like, you know, you get they're your constant thought and you know especially for me I try to let him know what they're doing throughout the day and things like that just so you know because you know he wants to be here with them but he's doing his job so yeah no and I'm sure that comes with its own set of problems in and of itself so yeah it's like you say you want to become a parent and then you become a parent and you're just like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know who I am as a parent, but like, it's like when you see all those funny things about, you know, you're saying the same things your parents said, and then you realize like, oh, that's how they felt. Like I had a moment the other day where I was just trying to drink something and my son just kept trying to drink it. And I was like, oh man, this is how my dad felt when we took his cup every single day. <laughs> and it's like, do I get anything for myself? <laughs> So, yeah, it just kind of, it alters you, but it's still always going to be a part of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one thing I've tried to balance is, like I said, like, who am I as a mom, but who am I as Alasia, as me? And what are my wants and needs outside of any guilt I can place for not doing for others and for my kids like what is 
my path mm-hmm. and making sure that I'm staying on that, um, which, you know, I'm definitely getting way back to it. It's, oh, it's a constant journey, though. Like, the relationship with you you have with yourself evolves constantly, just like the relationships you have with other people. Mm-hmm. How is it like, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about like your career and what you thought you wanted to do and um like going back to school but not being able to finish um so what was that like because I mean I know you struggled with that but um for you what is it like now I guess um so I would say it's been difficult um, because, like I said, I wasn't fully set on a career path, but I knew that whatever I was going to do in the future was going to be of my own creation. I knew I was at a point where I don't want to work for other people, Mm -hmm. and I... I'm just a very creative person in general, and I wanted to be able to use that. And that was one of the things missing from what I was able to do with journalism, um, specifically um, because I studied like political journalism, and there's not leeway there. Um, so after I was going back for my master's in business, actually, because I, I really just wanted to get an understanding of like, how they work and how I could make that work for me. And at first, after having to quit, um, it was really upsetting because I felt like I had finally was headed towards the path and then I was letting myself down by not sticking with it. And then I ended up into a job that I really didn't like and it was... But it taught me so much about what I don't want from a career. So I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, internally, I just feel like I kind of failed. And then it's weird because then I just switched into this mode of like mom mode, essentially, where mm-hmm. that, like I said, that became my new job. And the thing about that, and I still struggle to this day, is as rewarding it as it is to see my kids grow up and be able to teach them and as much joy as I get from seeing them learn and grow, I still struggle with separating the fact that like I'm contributing to that. I don't see myself as the reason they're as great as they are. I just Mm. think they're great kids. And, you know, they are, they're great kids, but I am kind of allowing them a path. Like if I wasn't here, um, then they would maybe be in school and maybe they would be doing different things and they wouldn't have that connection that they have with me and with my husband. So being able to foster that has been great, but I still struggle with separating like, okay, you're just doing your job with like allowing myself a reward for that like it it's hard because you know no one's gonna like 
give you a pat on the back for being a good mom, you know, like, mm, like you're just supposed it. to do you're it. You're just supposed to do it. And if you don't, then that's when you <laughs> know something's wrong. And, um, I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, they work in like their career and, you know, you get a raise when you're doing well and you move up and get a new position and all of that. So, you know, you have this sort of sense of like a success meter almost like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm getting there. And for me, there's no success meter besides seeing my kids grow. But like I said, I just, that's just them being great. So for me, it's like, well, what am I successful at? You know? And, you know, people tell me all the time, well, you're doing a great job with them. You're doing a great job with them. And I think I am. I really do. I do too. uh, Thank you. (laughs) But I still also want to figure out, well, what am I doing a great job for for me? Mm. Because at the end of the day, they're my kids and I'm me. So, you know, I am their mom, but they're their whole own great entities. <laughs> and, you know, I just, because I had, I didn't have a, I guess like a, a rewarding, mm, yeah, like an interest that was rewarding me outside of raising my kids for the longest. Like, now I've kind of found something. Um, but it's been a struggle to figure out, well, like, yeah, I'm being a great mom, but what else? Like, I feel like I can be doing so much more. Like, I always tell myself I'm sitting on potential that I just need to, like, use already. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm using it. <laughs> but a lot of that was just trying to figure it out. And like I said, luckily, I am at home with them. And I do have the opportunity where... No, I'm not working for someone else. Like I said, I don't want to be. So that's been like really great because then I can foster my creativity the way I want and really spend time thinking about, you know, what my entrepreneurial vision is for my future. And what is that? Have you figured it out? Um, I mean, it's okay if you have it. I'm just... (laughs) No, no, no. But what I have realized is that I have been drawn back into writing a lot. So my next kind of venture, I've been writing. And right now it's just been more like a mind dump and just like collecting my thoughts. And like with the growth I've had over the past, I would say, year or so, um, just the, the questions that I've been asked by people and the questions I've had for people that have just been like super insightful for me and just answering them on paper like getting those thoughts out and just trying to figure out where that flows to because like I said I think it's going to take more of like a blog form um but I do have a lot of like culinary and creative things that I like to do so eventually I would like to tie those in um but for now it's just been getting things out of my head (laughs) which has helped (laughs) yeah I think yeah for sure same with like the podcast it was just like oh I need this creative outlet and people kept on saying like do this and I was like oh okay yeah I will eventually 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 and then literally it was like graduation 
and then the week later I was recording an episode (laughs) because then it was just like the the at least for me the excuse in air quotes wasn't there anymore like not having time yes um but I, I where was I I was reading something about how everything is a choice oh I was read I was reading a blog um that one of my friends sent me and in this uh post the woman was talking about work-life balance and how um it doesn't exist that it's all about choices and that she could come home and spend time with her fiance after her nine to five and then spend two hours working on her business and then you know going to sleep and you know rinse wash repeat um or uh she could come home and spend time on her business and then spend time with her fiance like in bed together and so just kind of switching the priority Mm -hmm. um and so that really resonated with me in figuring out you know I say that I want this for myself I am now in the same boat as you that I don't really want to be on someone else's time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't want to have to check in with someone every day um, and, you know, do whatever they ask of me within, you know, a work setting. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but instead, I want to be able to set my own hours and do my own thing. And so... Um, finding that time to focus on myself and what it is that I want, um, but not losing, like, myself and who I am within my partnership, right? Like, I can't just ignore him completely and just focus on me when I get home from work, but how do I prioritize those things? It's tough. I haven't figured it out yet, mostly because I haven't prioritized it, like sitting down and figuring out what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, because once you have a plan, then you just got to follow it. But creating the plan is the hard part. And that's been what I've gone back and forth with over the last few years. And I think I've um, talked myself out of a lot of things. Mm. Um, when I should have talked myself into them. (laughs) Um, Why do you think you talked yourself out? I... For fear of failure, essentially. Um, Yeah, one of the things that I realized is that, you know, I've been an overachiever my whole life. Like, Mm -hmm. I always go for that next step. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes, you have. You know, I really have. And, And for a lot of, and the other thing, is that I realized that that brought me a sense of joy and it it brought me like a sense of accomplishment. And when I, like I said, when I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm great for my kids. 
see that as their accomplishments. They're the overachievers now. It's like, but I still got that in me where I'm like, I want to be one too still. <laughs> so it's like, and I realize that about myself because I, I want to be able to set goals that I know I can accomplish. And I think, you know, I don't know the reasons that I talk myself out fully of each and every one of those things, but I'm sure I found something small and then was just like, that's going to be the thing that does you in. Don't go down that road. Um, and then, you know, once you start down a path, like once I start down a path, like I'm committing to it and I'm following through until I do hit that failure point or I succeed. And I think I was too scared of that failure point instead of focusing on the success that it could bring me. And, you know, with the endeavors I've been taking on now, I, I fully realized that I can fail and I can fail hard and come back from it. And I think I was too scared before because I felt like I was in a place where if I failed, I was going to crumble and mm. I don't feel like I'm in that place anymore. So, and that has a lot to do with building my own self-esteem and, you know, understanding myself better and realizing that one little thing isn't going to take me down. So it's, allowed me to feel like I can take that freedom down my um, career path, essentially, and build something for myself, knowing that if I fail along the way, that's okay. How'd you get to that place, though? I mean, it's no small feat to no <laughs> go from like, I don't want to do this because I've thought through all the possibilities and this one thing could be a failure to I'm I'm just gonna go for it and I mean whatever happens happens so um, what was uh, the turning point if so, there was one so I I think my accident was a big turning point in my life in general because like I said it, it made me think about you know what do I want to do and think about myself every day but it was a trauma at the same time so it was just one of those moments where it's like, you know, your life can be different from one day to the next, but that doesn't make it any worse if you don't play. Like I scarred my face and it took me a while to get used to my new face. And it's not that different, but it's different to me right. because I've lived with this same phase and seen it change day by day, very small, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I have this trauma and it's in such a visible area and it's something that not only I have to look at, but the world has to see. And for me, that was when I started to think about like, you know, one little thing doesn't make you any less of who you are. You just have to take in things as they come and just make yourself better for it mm. because I think for the longest I was like especially during the healing process I was like I'm never gonna look the same again and I was like really scared and you know I had a lot of people around me that saw me from day one like right after it happened and then see me now and they're just like I can't believe that actually happened to you you would have never known and you know like I still see the scars, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it, it just made me think and understand that it's like one small moment 
isn't going to be your downfall. And I kind of took that, you know, from what happened to my actual body to like, okay, take a risk. It's okay to take a risk because, you know, that was a freak accident that I could not have prevented. Like, I don't know how, I still don't understand how it fully happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, you know, the same thing can happen with any other part of my life. And, you know, I'm still standing today. So, and it might be less traumatic. And yeah, it might be less traumatic. So, you know, especially like in terms of whatever happens with, you know, whatever business endeavors I take on, you know, when they're done, they're done and you move on to the next. Um, you don't have to wear that every day. Mm-hmm. And so being that I now wear a moment of my life every day on my face, it just like made me realize that, you know, worse things could happen, better things could happen, but it's with how you deal with it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> no, not to, not, not to be silly, but seriously, I, I am because I think that just hearing you talk about it and that it's just this thing that you're wearing every day. Like I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, Even when you, you know, talked about like with me, like, you know, your face not being the same for you. Um, But yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, so for the first time in my life, it was, it was, um, it was something that no one else could understand besides me. So I really had to get through it myself. No one's going to be able to tell me, no, it's okay. A million people could have told me you look okay. You look beautiful. That's fine. But I have to find that in myself Mm -hmm. because this is what I have to wear every day. And I think that was the first time that I really started to think about it, um, and really start to realize like that I did need to start checking in with me and that I did need to to understand like what I even think of myself you know and I think it came at a time too where you know I had I had, had my second kid and you know your body changes so like you know at that time my face wasn't any different from when I had kids my whole body is totally different um before I had kids but my face was the same I had always had this face yeah. and then now that's different so it was kind of a lot of combinations of things that I was dealing with and like I said no one would understand even if I explained it I think because I was at a point where I couldn't fully explain it now I feel like I have a, a better understanding of like what my mental state was mm-hmm. at that time um because like I said I've gotten to a point of acceptance and understanding and still like seeing myself for who I am um but yeah it it was a trauma and I think I I tried to downplay it to people too like you know it wasn't you know as bad as it could have been because you know I was wearing glasses so I could have lost my eyesight and I didn't which was great but you know it was still a whole trauma in and of itself yeah and you know me looking out for other people i just wanted to be like no i'm okay it's fine <laughs> like mm. don't. so do you feel like you downplayed it so that other people weren't i guess feeling the trauma with you oh yeah absolutely 
especially because um, my son witnessed it. So, and he he does, he was not yet two. Yeah, he wasn't two yet, and his talking wasn't that great but when it happened I screamed really loud and the next couple of days he saw me and you know I had bandages on my face and he was like uh owie mommy or something like that whatever his word was for when you're hurt at the time and he would scream you go ah ah so like I really tried not to like go too in-depth about everything that happened except for with my family because they came to see me and everything Mm -hmm. but especially not in front of him because you know I realized like he's so young but he saw it and I don't want to keep reminding him of it just the way I don't want to be reminded of it that often so I think I kind of did downplay it to a certain degree just to allow myself the space to cope with it too Mm. But that was like recognizing that you needed that space, I think, being really important. Um, yeah. So I'm like hearing that you didn't want other people to worry. I'm like, girl, who cares? <laughs> but then the side of like, no, but I also needed this for me. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I can get down with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know me, I'm now at a point where I'm just like, who cares about other people? <laughs> yeah. I, obviously I do like I don't get me wrong folks I, I believe I am a very caring person um, almost to a fault sometimes but I've tried to get out of that mindset and be like you know F y'all when need be <laughs> let me worry about me right now <laughs> yeah because and I don't know if it's just like a woman thing are we just conditioned to always think about other people before ourselves it is is it a black woman thing i don't know or is it just how we were raised like is it a a familial thing yeah um yeah but just this feeling of always needing to put others before ourselves well like i said it's kind of almost taught to us that way too where the selfish quote-unquote is a negative and being selfless is like idealistic so you know we're we're taught from a young age I even tell my son share you know like share with your brother and even something that goes back that small like you're teaching someone to think about someone else Mm. and not just Mm -hmm. yourself so like I said being a parent you you also realize what you're teaching your kids and like what it kind of shows you what you were taught too and it's made me rethink a lot of things that I was taught and that was required of me when I was younger and how I don't require that of my children um but being selfless is taught so yeah, it goes yeah, back real I far. know. I didn't even think about that, but now I'm, like, sitting here, like, stunned. <laughs> like, wow, share. Like, even something yeah. as small as, like, share with these people. Yeah, I mean, you're taught that. And that's the sharing aspect, actually, is um, I, I read a lot of, like, mom blogs or I'm in mom groups. And sometimes, like, that the whole idea of sharing 
is a point of contention for a lot of people because you know some people are take the similar vibe of me where it's like I don't my kids don't always have to share with your kids kind of thing Mm -hmm. and that's with the regard like you said you got to think about yourself sometimes too like if that's his favorite toy and that's what he's gonna play with no he does not have to hand that over to your son you know so it's like like it makes you I think being a a parent in general started to open my eyes to some of the things that I learned and have tried to reteach myself about self-care, I would say, Mm -hmm. and, you know, a whole bunch of other things, but self-care as well. Um, Just because now I'm teaching them to someone else, so I have it in practice where I'm just like, oh, no, we need to change that. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather not teach you the wrong way like I learned or teach you an unhealthy way like I learned and then you have to unlearn that, which is what I'm kind of doing right now. Mm. Do you, okay, let's talk more about that. Do you feel like <laughs> you're unlearning what you were taught growing up in terms of being selfless? Um, yes. <laughs> um, to to a degree because I feel like I feel like even in being selfless a lot of the times we have our ulterior motives Mm -hmm. Um, we're not just doing this for that other person we're doing this so we feel better too to a certain degree and yeah, I do feel like some of the things I learned when I was younger, and I think it actually just has to do more with being like a woman mm-hmm. in my household, um, that yeah, I wouldn't say it was taught to me that way, but I could definitely see it in you know the generation with my parents. And the way they taught us and some of the things that I held on to and some of the things that I was like, um, um, because trying to think of like a a good example, (laughs) I can't think of an example off the top of my head of like a specific from when I was younger, but I would say overall, like the generation before us, they they were a lot more like definitely unaware of you know mental health and being like you know in a good um yes i am not in profusely yes so i think that in general witnessing that and then just seeing it first off like as a woman and then like you said as a black woman like it just adds different layers. <laughs> um, so I think just that that kind of disconnect with mental health and um, and just like your overall self care, just the connection that they have in general. I'm unlearning a lot about you know your mental health, especially like in the black community, and you know not wanting to acknowledge certain things like oh you can't have anxiety, you can't have depression, and you know yeah. things like that. So just like me having to tell myself that no this could be really what's happening to you 
even though you've been taught your whole life that it doesn't happen to people like you. Mm-hmm. So I think that that aspect I would definitely say is something I'm kind of unlearning that relates to, you know, myself, maybe not necessarily being selfless, but just understanding myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you feel like there I were a lot we gotta unlearn from ourselves? Oh yeah. I was gonna say, do you feel like there were relationship dynamics that you need to unlearn or have unlearned in terms of selflessness versus selfishness? So I think like in relationships it's a lot of like, oh, you're supposed to give, you're supposed to give. Um yeah. As, okay. as much as as much as we say like it's a partnership but then you know it's still like oh but you're supposed to to give of yourself fully to this person um yeah absolutely um i think my whole view on relationships as i've grown has changed and in terms of the selfish versus selfless, I think, and my husband reminds me of this all the time, like you really have to be okay with yourself before you can be okay with anyone else. So if you're not there, then like you said, like you can't contribute. So I think people have this misconception that they can find what they're missing in somebody else. But you gotta find that first. You have to figure out what makes you tick and figure out how to be selfish before you can even provide something else to someone else. Because it takes the understanding of what do I need and also what can I contribute. For relationships, I would say. And that's for friendships. That's for anything. Because if you can't even understand how you can contribute, then you're not going to be able to foster that relationship. Um, Because I know you, you talked about it on your last episode about friendships and how there's expectations involved. And I think in order to even come up with those expectations amongst any of your relationships, you have to be fully aware of yourself and what you can provide. Because if you have expectations of people that you can't even provide yourself, Mm. then there's a problem there. If you're not telling yourself that, you know, that things are okay and this is acceptable, then why are you expecting that of someone else? Because you have to be able to do that yourself but maybe also get that in addition from someone else. I don't think that you can ask someone to give you something you're not giving yourself. That's the other thing. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, rocking crumpets. That's what I realized about me. <laughs> yeah. What was the biggest thing you felt you were asking from someone else in any in any kind of relationship that you weren't? giving or asking of yourself um i think 
the biggest one and I still slip up in this area I would say is that you know the like I think I was kind of asking people to tell me how great I am instead of understanding my own greatness Mm. I think that's the biggest thing especially like when I really didn't feel like I was successful or accomplishing what I wanted to then I feel like I was looking for others to do that for me and even when they were it's like I wasn't believing them almost yeah (laughs) like like you telling me, oh, you're such a great mom, you're doing such a great job. And I'm just like, okay, you know, like, because I wasn't telling myself that. I wasn't believing in that wholeheartedly myself. So I think that was definitely a big point for me, like feeling like I'm not enough kind of thing. And just like allowing myself days where you know sometimes okay I can see how you might not think you're as great as you are but just reconvincing myself I guess (laughs) looking for someone else to convince me because and like I said I still fall victim to it especially because like you know my job doesn't come with you know a boss that says hey you're doing great so it's like um not yet anyway no not yet so it's like you you really have to like hype yourself up, I guess. <laughs> that was kind of what I have lost for a little while there. And I'm still not 100%. Like, you know, there's still those days. Which we all have, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think life itself is just like a constant reminder of like you're doing the best that you can yeah it's a process it's a whole process and i think we are a generation we millennials um i love being a millennial um i think we are a generation that that has this ability to change the world really and really just like use the internet to the best power it can and you see it now where you know self-care and mental health is like being destigmatized and it's a good thing because it's letting the generation before us know that you know there's things you guys did and ways that you guys can even change to make your life better yep because it is a process and you know you taught us so well and now we're equipped with this different set of of, you know tools that can really allow the next generation that you know we're now raising to launch it even further and I think I think that's a great thing I do too Mm -hmm. so you are on this journey to self love um, where do you feel like you are in in the process? I mean, I don't think it's... There's definitely not an ending. No. 
Um, but do you feel like you're a novice still or? Mm. Um, definitely more so. Yes. On the news side. Uh, I think I'm moving into that like intermediate. Level. Okay. Okay. Intermediate. Um, I, I've seen my progress. I think, I mean, like I said, it's just constantly evolving, constantly changing because that's life. Um, but I think I've created a plan. Okay. So you created a plan. Yeah. So I've, created a plan for myself um just based off of um the progress that I've made and just where I want to go and where I want to grow um especially because I realized that you know the way you talk to yourself is a big part of it too and that changing that has uh, been a big deal for me and that's I would say the part where I'm trying my hardest at now is like positively talking to myself <laughs> um, and just you know adding that next layer to just go and dive deeper and um, feel better about me and it's kind of you know made me want to try new things and really express myself in new ways I would say um in ways that I had told myself to not try before that mm-hmm. I had you know shut myself down in and never really thought about why but just like said no to myself <laughs> like don't do that or you know avoid that when I had no good reason to do that (laughs) so it's like you know why not dive deeper into my interests or find new ones and just allow myself to grow instead of keeping myself in a bubble which Mm -hmm. I feel like I had been doing um so just you know breaking out of that so I would definitely say that like because I've gotten to the point where I'm pretty aware of where I was I feel like my growth has been immense so I wouldn't say I'm a novice exactly but I'm moving into that intermediary but there's just so many aspects of it and you know different things that I do want to try to also just better that relationship with myself meditation therapy possibly just different avenues that you know I had shut myself out to or just you know only slightly considered that I haven't prioritized yet but I can see myself possibly going down those roads and I think that'll only better that relationship that I have um but one thing that I would say has helped me along this journey and sort of really like reoriented me and just like kick me in the ass at times (laughs) um is my husband who like I said is always just like look out for you and even when I forget that sometimes it's nice to have that reminder um 
just because I see him every day. Um, so it's <laughs> different when someone I see every day is saying it versus, you know, other people in right. my life, like my family who I don't talk to as often. So it's like, yeah, it's a nice reminder. Aww. Okay, <laughs> and just, then. you know, connecting with people that like you and like Ashley who um, really help you foster that that relationship with you. I think that's the big thing is like, you know, you want to have people in your circle that allow you to grow and accept you at, with your growth. Yep. Um, because you're human and you're going to change and you're going to be different than you were, you know, when we met in fifth grade. <laughs> so just, you know, to be there through the process and see that like you're still you just a different version of mm-hmm. you and just like you know having that great network of people that you can go back to for support and who understand that you are on a journey and that they're on a journey so like the acknowledgement of that has been great across the board I would say so oh yay okay so if you give um let's say two pieces of advice two pieces of advice to the people listening. So one being for parents or future parents. Um, the, the biggest piece of advice or takeaway that you have in terms of um, taking care of yourself. Um... I guess mine might be geared more towards mothers just because, you know, I am a mother, Um, but parents in general, I would say um, for parents and future parents, um, creating a routine um, uh, for self-care is super important, Um, especially like because I am a stay-at-home mom. Creating the routine for my kids has made my life easier with my day-to-day with them, but also, like, creating a routine for what I need to get done and understanding, like, when to use those gaps for me, like you were saying, with nap time or what have you. But definitely trying to allow it to become part of your norm so that you don't lose it. So that, you know, something doesn't come up within the parenting role because things are always coming Mm -hmm. up, but just making it a part of what you do on a daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it be, whatever your needs are, just making sure that you throw that into the rotation as a priority, really, Mm -hmm. because it's as monumental as, you know, making sure the kids brush their teeth. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's a necessary thing and I think once you make it part of your routine it makes it easier because that's the one thing that I've realized and that's helped me is once it becomes part of my norm then I don't feel bad about doing it and I also fully can benefit from what I'm doing 
like for me, just the washing my face before the kids get up routine that I started before. I don't really do that one too much anymore, but just, you know, having that thing, um, it's helpful. Yeah. And if you can start it before you have the kids and carry it over into having kids, then Mm -hmm. more power to you. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Fit them in. Um, okay, and then secondly, we'll say to millennials, yeah, um, <laughs> either trying to make a career change, be it like striking out on their own or leaving a job that they don't like or trying to figure out what's their niche and going out on their own um just what has been helpful for you in trying to figure that out for yourself that you'd want to share um so i think one of the things that i just now and i would say now being the last maybe about two months have really understood and been trying to utilize is that network I was talking about. I think we all have a network of people and we have to learn how to utilize that network. Um, And actually, I learned this from another um, podcast that I listened to about business specifically, but I think it applies, especially for our generation is, you know, we have good groups of friends and family even, and sometimes just associates, work associates, what have you, but everyone's good at something different. And just being able to see that and create from that Mm -hmm. and branch from there will help you immensely. Um, even like you and your podcast, like you have so many amazing people in your network just to talk to even that have different life experiences, you know, connect with that network on a level that you haven't before, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, them personally, but ask them something professionally, you know, figure out their views that way, because you might not even know that they're connected in another way. And I think, you know, Social networking is so big in our generation, um, but we we can really utilize that to better us individually. Um, just because, like I said, everyone is good at something different and just being able to piece that all together and everyone get a piece of the pie then no one's working for some large corporation that they don't want to be working for or in whatever field that they're trying to get out of. You're working with your network, your friends, your people, and you feel more connected. And through that connection, you can really grow and build. And I think that is the key. And especially for millennials, like I said, we're we're connected. We're on how many different <laughs> social media? Yeah. People are out there just, you know, find the right ones and utilize those connections I think because you'd be surprised like me I I think that was what surprised me is I didn't realize how well connected I was Mm -hmm. until I really looked at the people I knew and I was like wow this person can really help me if I just ask Mm. yep and being okay with asking for that being okay with asking yep yeah 
I think that's a huge part of connecting with yourself, like mm-hmm. recognizing when you need help and then that willingness to maybe go outside of your comfort zone and ask for it. Oh, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you can't do everything on your own, but it's up to you to decide on where you get your help from. So choose that wisely. Mm. You hear that, y'all? Choose it (laughs) wisely. Well, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode. I hope you had fun. (laughs) Hope I didn't ask too many intrusive questions. No, no. Um, (laughs) But if I did, you know, could always cut it out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think you did. I think everyone listening will agree. Um, So thank you again. Of course. Anytime. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye.